0: Welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast. Your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett.
1: Welcome mountain bikers. Thanks for being here. And welcome to episode number 63 of the MTB Tribe podcast. I am here each week to help you find out more about mountain biking and how to own the trails keep you stoked and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. Try and get butts off sofas and onto saddles is what we are all about. So thanks for joining me today. Thanks for letting me be in your ear bulbs one more time. And um, I hope you enjoyed today's show. It is, it is a good show. We're going back to the old training thing again and I know a lot of guys are so into training and getting in the gym and getting fit for The upcoming seasons or just getting fit for weekend rides with friends and with mates is so, so popular. Um, Still one of my biggest episodes on the podcast is the training one uh, with a couple of different guests. So they are so, so popular. So on today's episode, we are chatting to Matt Mooney about his 12-week MTB training program, which has been bought in over 23 countries, can you believe it? And is a great way to get you fitter, feel better, And be faster on your rides. Now we chat about how Matt, after many years of being a personal trainer, found his passion again for mountain biking and seen a hole in the market for a more Pacific based mountain bike training program. And this is when MTB.Fitness was born. He saw the hole, he went for it, and he now puts a lot of his time and effort into building this side of his business. So, Matt is very knowledgeable in how training can help you in a load of different areas of your daily life, and how getting your butt into the gym a few times a week can help your riding. We chat about What his 12-week program consists of, how it works, equipment you will require, which is not a lot by the way, and how much time you will require in the gym to help on the trails. We also delve into nutrition, mindset, injury recovery and also Matt's own podcast which he is launching very soon based around this whole thing. So that's very exciting for Matt, that's very exciting for you guys. And it's exciting for me, because I'm interested in the fitness side of things, of course. I'm a mountain biker, I like to enjoy my rides, I like to smile while I'm riding and not be in pain. So (laughs) I enjoy the fitness side of things. So guys, if you're enjoying the podcast, you want to get a wee bit more involved, just head on over to the website, which is mtb-tribe.com. You can find all the show notes there to every episode you can find all the back episodes there you can simply stream and listen to the episodes via the website or you can download them onto whatever technological device you may be using and listening at a later date you'll also get more info on the show notes there and links to the guests etc etc so it's all very good it's a bloggy type thing um But I'm not a writer, so I won't say it's a blog. It's more show notes. (laughs) Also, you can find us on the old socials at Instagram and Facebook at MTB Tribe. So that would be cool. You can get in contact there. You can also drop me an email. Contact info is on the website and get in contact there. So if there's anybody you want to hear from on the show or any subject you would like covered on the show, just get in contact and I will try my best to do that. I do read all the emails, etc. and I will get back to you. Now, if you're listening via iTunes, Stitcher or Spotify, thank you so much. And if you want to help the show, the best way to do it, especially if you listen via Apple Podcasts or iTunes, is just simply rate the show, share it with friends a comment on there and that helps the show be seen by more people that's what you can do best to help the show just get it out there let your friends know about it let your colleagues know about it ask them to tune in have a listen and the podcast is getting popular it's growing and growing every week so i really do appreciate you guys helping out so let's get on to today's show let's find out more about this fitness stuff that we are all so keyed into at the minute whether we say so or not i think we're all pretty interested in this side of the mountain biking industry so let's welcome matt onto the mtb tribe podcast hi matt how you doing welcome to the mtb tribe podcast how's things sir
0: hey mate yeah very good thanks for me on gareth really looking forward to it
1: no bother me and it's good to get you on the uh the fitness side of things is going crazy in the old mountain bike game at the minute
0: yeah, it's good. I think it's something that needs to happen as well. I mean, for a, a sp- mountain biking is a sport that's so reliant on your fitness. The fitter you are, the more you enjoy it, the further you can ride, the less likely you are to get injured. So I think it's good that mountain bikers are starting to get more and more keen on it. If you look into the road cycling world, I'm, I'm not a road cyclist, but they're absolutely mad on it. You know, the way the food out, really specific with the nutrition and the training and measuring the heart rate and the watts and all that. And us mountain bikers just tend to go for a ride and then have a pint after <laughs> So I think it's good that mountain bikers are getting a little more serious about it. I think it's it's great. The, the fit you are, the more you enjoy riding.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? It just shows you the difference in the you know, in the two of them. We go back to the car park and have a nice sandwich and a, a beer or something. <laughs> yeah, and a cake. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, just so folks know, you have a business called MTB Fitness. Um, it's mtb.fitness is your website.
0: Yes, that's right, yeah. Thought that thought it would be a bit different.
1: Yeah, is that new? <laughs> I didn't even know that was available. Yeah.
0: You know what, I had no idea about it. I sat down with my graphic designer about 18 months ago, two years ago, something like that, and we were talking about domain names, and I was going to get mtbfitness.co.uk, and he suggested .fitness, and I had no idea it existed, so I thought that was perfect. So uh, yeah, it's .fitness, so my emails are like matt at mtb.fitness, and it's obviously the website is mtb.fitness. I have to explain it a few times, sometimes people don't think that it's right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they try and get in contact with a .com or a .uk or something.
0: Yeah yeah yeah
1: <laughs> all right classic so here it's good to get you on as i say because we're going to get into this a wee bit today and um it's interesting first of all and i want to talk about your background and how you get started and all but i think it's interesting first of all the fitness thing in mountain biking is almost now accepted because that gem that g letter was a bad word a number of years ago you know um yeah people seem to be taking it more serious now are you finding that
0: yeah, I think it's definitely getting bigger and bigger. And I mean, it kind of ties into the questions that you're going to ask me. But when I, I started MTB Fitness about two and a half years ago, two years ago, and I literally just posted a survey into a load of Facebook groups saying, I'm going to start some free daily emails with some information on training and nutrition if you're interested, fill in the survey. And there was a 1,000 responses within, I think, 18 hours. And I had a free trial of the survey software, and it stopped people from filling it in. It was like the uptake was massive because that's mm-hmm. so... In my opinion, I think people were probably really, they wanted to know more about the fitness side of things, but they just wasn't, they weren't entirely sure where to go, if that makes sense. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so true because I have kind of, I come from a surf background many years ago and I've played American football, so, so I've always trained, but you know, I was the, your normal guy, go into the gym, do three sets of 10 type thing, all that kind of stuff, you know, and yeah the mountain bike fitness which is tailored for mountain biking is really different from that so it's really cool um and it's something i I i'm glad you know we're seeing coming out now because like you say people just they were just going to the gym they didn't really know what to do
0: I started off, um, my kind of like first, so I've been a personal trainer now for eight years. Uh, The first three years of becoming a personal trainer, or when I started to become, excuse me, when I became a personal trainer, I wasn't mountain biking. So I used to mountain bike when I was younger from age, I don't know, nine right through till age 17, 18. Then I became a PT, and I was working an hour drive from home, and I was working every day, Monday to Saturday, from seven in the morning till nine at night. So I just got out of the habit. And all my training then when I was working there was focused on building muscle. So it was the same as you, three sets of 10, listening as heavy as you can, eating 4,000 calories a day, just trying to get massive. And then when I got back into mountain biking, that's kind of how I got into M2B Fitness, I started to train specifically for fitness on the bike. And it was strange training differently because when you if you obviously know about weight training, but when you're training to build muscle, it's all about squeezing the muscle and really trying to feel your bicep. And mountain biking is the exact opposite. It's all about training the movement. So trying to improve your movement for the bike rather than trying to build muscle so it was alien to me when i started lifting weights specifically for mountain biking yeah
1: yeah it's weird and you know i have had um i had bike james i don't know if you've ever heard of him from colorado yeah. mtb strength yeah. training systems i've had him on the podcast and i've had okay ben, great uh, yeah and I've, I've had ben from the strength factory on and yeah. um i actually started to do one of james's routines and when i started it i thought this is too easy <laughs> but third week into it I wasn't saying that anymore. <laughs> it kinda amped it umped the you know, it the difficulty up he started you off quite quite easy because it, the movements and the techniques is stuff I have never done before. So it yeah. is really different. Um so yeah, we'll we'll get into that for sure. Now so you specialise in helping the everyday rider really train on and off the bike and you do nutritional stuff and recovery and a wee bit of the mental side and, and all those good things. Um so yeah that's your, correct. Yeah cool. So what's your background then? So how how did you get into the gym environment? What made you go down that route?
0: Yeah, so it all started I was um in college so I was at went through school joined college I was just studying the normal things at sixth form college you know English uh, whatever I was learning at the time sociology psychology philosophy Uh, and then you had big gaps in between so I'd have two or three hours in between my lessons and I started getting into the gym so I'd go to the gym for a couple of hours and then I'd be reading men's health reading men's fitness this is about eight years ago uh, reading men's fitness and I just got obsessed with it started training more and more myself and then I knew at the end of college that I didn't want to go to university so I was looking at what to do I was mega into fitness myself and I was actually going to join the police and then pretty much last minute I changed my mind decided to become a personal trainer instead and did my qualification over the summer and then just before my 19th birthday became a PT and then got into it that way really so I did that for three years uh, at the the company that I joined was called Profit Personal Training so that's essentially a big personal training company that gives you a load of support Uh, when you become a PT you're generally just on your own and thrust into the industry you're self-employed So the company that I was at gave you a lot of education, a lot of support, teaching you about how to train your clients, how to, you know, the nutrition with your clients, taking your clients to eat the right things, uh, running the business side of it. So I was there for three years uh, and then I left and joined a gym that was more local to me. So now I, I work at a gym down the road that's like 15 minutes away uh, and it was it was during that because I moved back home I managed to get back into mountain biking more and I headed out on my first ride on my dad's bike. This was about four years ago. Uh, I did a hill that I always used to fly up and I got halfway up and I was dying because I put on <laughs> about a stone and a half of muscle from all the weight training I do and mm-hmm. I mean like I, like I had a headache, I felt sick, my legs were burning and I literally used to be able to ride to the top twice as fast chatting while I was doing it it's like god this feels awful um so that was kind of how MTB fitness came about so I currently split my time three days a week so I work with clients one-to-one in the gym three days a week as a personal trainer um and I do three full days a week on MTB fitness and then on the PT days on those other three days I also do stuff for MTB fitness in between when I've got time so I might have 10 clients in a day but I'll spend two or three hours on MTB Fitness as well. And then on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so like today, that's my full MTB Fitness day. So that's where I dedicate time to that. So it really came about because I I got... I started riding again. I realized how unfit I was for the bike. I was strong. I was in decent shape, but I couldn't ride. I didn't have good cardio fitness. And because I was a personal trainer, I knew what to eat to kind of slim down a bit. I knew how to train to get fitter on the bike. So I knew, right, I'll just do these intervals. I'll lift weights in this way. I'll start to ride more. And then I started getting, I started doing that for myself and improving my fitness. That so I judged off Strava really, starting to compare my Strava at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was thinking there's probably... A market for this for mountain bikers. I'm sure there's tons of other mountain bikers out there who need to improve their fitness. So that's when, like I say, the epiphany of just asking in the mountain bike group. But I did come across Bike James. I know um, another guy that you're talking about. And mm-hmm. um, there's probably a handful of people like Bike James and the other guys you've had on the podcast. But there's not, there's not, there's not, there's not hundreds, is there? If you know what I mean? I'm sure you noticed that yourself. So like I say, I put a survey out into the Facebook groups, and there was a massive response from there, and then it grew from there. So every day for the past two years, I've been putting out tons of free articles, free content on Facebook and Instagram, and just building building it up from there, really. Yeah. And
1: you know, it's cool, because out of all the episodes I have done, the fitness ones have been the most popular. So that tells okay. you something, you know, as far as downloads, bar... Bar the one with uh, flats versus clipless, that's been by far yeah. the best. <laughs> so if Don't I do pass. a 27.5 versus a 29 or, you know, <laughs> possibly 26, we'll get, a, we'll get a massive episode there too. But, uh, but yeah, so people are definitely interested in it and, and they're looking at it. And, you know, it could be off the back of a number of things. And I was trying to think why, you know, fitness has become quite popular now for mountain bikers when 15 20 years ago it wasn't it was the complete opposite do you think it's an age thing do you think it's
0: you know what part of it probably is as well is that fitness in general so looking away from mountain biking and just looking into the world fitness is huge in general now so I think gyms are popular. Like, nobody used to go to the gym, pretty much. I think it's a third of the population are a member of the gym. So, like, that's a huge number, like, one in every three people, like, is a member. They might not go every week, but they're a member of the gym. Whereas if you went back 20 years, there's no way it was like that. Like, if I speak to my my mum and dad and my grand and granddads, they, they didn't really train that much. You know, they might do a bit of jogging, aerobics came out. Whereas now, fitness is huge. So I think there's probably that side of it where... Everybody in the world is getting into fitness. It's on TV all the time. Celebrities are really into it. So I think there's that. And that's maybe trickling down into it. And I think the other side as well is if you look at most mountain bikers follow the pro athletes. And if you look at the pros, they're really into it. They have strength coaches. They're posting workouts. You know, if you watch the uh, is it the Atherton project with mm-hmm. G Atherton and Rachel Atherton, you'll see them training in the gym. And you'll look at them and think, right, they're doing it. So I want to do it as well. Uh, so I think it's probably a combination of things. But, yeah, I agree. It's definitely fitness is going much bigger in the mountain bike industry, which I think is a good thing because, as I've said earlier, the fitter you are on the bike, the stronger you are on the bike, the more you can enjoy it.
1: Yeah, and, you know, even for weekend warriors, and we'll, we'll get into that a wee bit later, but that's what I always said to my mate at Con. You know, I was saying, look, you know, the fitter you are, you're going to enjoy your ride more because it tends to be less of a workout and more of just going out and having fun, you know? Yeah. and it's such a large part of it i think
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. I completely agree. In fact, the the vast majority of people that I work with through MTB Fitness are your weekend warriors. They're the people who might have two kids, and they like to ride on a Sunday afternoon, maybe a couple of rides in the week if they're lucky, and they want to enjoy that more and they want to get fitter. Some of them race, but the the ninety percent of the people racing who are there for fun and to do quite well, not the not the professionals, not the people who are going for podiums. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that's the majority of the market. Really, you know, ninety five percent of Mountain bikers are they have full time jobs, they enjoy riding in the evening, they enjoy riding in a weekend, and it's you know yourself, you're a mountain biker, like it's not just a hobby, it's an obsession, isn't it? Like it takes over your life, and I think because it's such an obsession, you want to be as good as you can. And when they learn that you can do a 30 minute workout at home in the morning, then it'll really benefit you on the bike. They're keen to hear that. Uh, The other side of it as well, I think a lot of mountain bikers or oh, not a lot of mountain bikers, but well, some mountain bikers need to lose weight. And if you're a couple of stone overweight, eating better and losing that weight is going to have an absolutely ginormous effect on the bike. So yeah, I think it's that as well.
1: Yeah, definitely, and I think if you're spending three and four grand on a bike, you have to justify it, but be able to use yeah. the be fit enough to pedal up a hill, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, I completely agree with you.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love them memes that are out on Instagram and stuff at the minute. You know, with the photo of my car and then my bike. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen them like real old banger cars and you know? Yeah, with a
0: do... uh, seven grand bike on the top. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's <laughs> ah, fantastic. I love that, and here it is so true
0: yeah yeah no yeah it is it is i think what you're just touching it yourself then but you're right like the the person is the engine for the bike uh one of my kind of most popular but also most controversial posts on facebook and um, that got commented on loads at the time i think it had a reach for those who don't understand what that means it just means the amount of unique people have seen it of about two hundred thousand people something like that uh, and it was a post that was saying um how did it write It was something along the lines of if you're overweight you need to lose the weight to see benefits on the bike not buy a 200 gram carbon crank or you know to get a (laughs) bit of a saving Um, it was was written diplomatically it wasn't offensive I wasn't like just calling overweight people but it's true you know if you're three stone overweight you can have a six gram bike and going from an aluminium crank to a carbon crank is going to have a tiny effect but if you lose three stone it's going to transform your riding um, way more than buying anything from your bike and i love buying shiny things for my bikes like i'm really into my bike i love mine i love putting all the newest kit on it and whatnot but it's really important to understand as i know you'll agree that the fitter and stronger you are the more you're going to get out of the bike way more than buying the latest gizmo
1: yeah definitely and if you if you manage to lose two or three stone it's a really good excuse to buy another bike because the bike you yeah. probably wouldn't be set up anywhere near the way you need it to be
0: you know what someone uh, someone kind of recently within the last six months joined my 12-week program and at the beginning they said right i'm gonna lose a stone and at the end of it i'm gonna buy a bike as a treat to myself and they had that in their mind so they started eating better they followed the program lost the stone and at the end of it they were like right new bike time <laughs> so fantastic. it can be quite a nice reward for you if you uh set that as a goal for finishing yeah. a plan or losing weight or whatever
1: Wow, yeah, that's awesome. So let's chat a wee bit then about how you're training and that works. So your one-to-one sessions, where do you run those from?
0: Yeah, so I'm based in Saddleworth, which is on the very edge of the peak district. Um, so I just work one-to-one. It's not just mountain bikers. I work as a personal trainer with loads of different types mm-hmm. of people, some of which are mountain bikers, some aren't. Uh, so I do three full days a week doing that, or like I say, in Saddleworth, uh, just in a local gym right. near me. Um, okay, cool. Yeah.
1: Cool. And... When you were getting clients in, um, I know it was off the back of your own interests in, in mountain biking, but were you being asked by any clients to do that kind of stuff or did you did you kind of validate it with friends or anything or?
0: Are we talking my one-to-one training or MTB Fitness? So the two are kind of separate. So MTB Fitness is pretty much entirely online. I work with people all okay. over the world online. Um, my personal training with my one-to-one clients is like literally completely separate. It's a separate business um, and whatnot. I'm happy to talk to it. I just uh, talk about it. I'm just trying yeah. to clarify which one you're asking about.
1: Yeah, oh, that's cool. So you wouldn't get anybody coming in to you one-on-one and you put them through the mountain bike fitness stuff as as much, no? Um,
0: I do. I've got three or four clients who I work with one-to-one that are mountain bikers, um, but I don't really advertise for one-to-one training uh, for mountain biking. So if you'll notice, You've seen my Instagram. You've seen my Facebook. Uh, I don't massively advertise the one-to-one services because the followers are all over the world rather than just locally. Um, So, yeah, I've got three or four people who are mountain bikers who I train. And, yeah, with them, we do mountain bike-specific workouts in the gym. They have gym plans to follow on their own as well. Uh, But, yeah, the pretty much all of mtb fitness is working with people online
1: yeah okay cool and uh so just take us through that package then what what it is you offer how people can get it all that type of thing
0: yeah, of course, yes. Yeah. So the um, the first pro the, the first program that I launched launched in February. So the, that's a twelve week online mountain bike coaching program. So people buy the program. It's only thirty pounds, so it's really really low priced. Uh, and essentially, when they join it, they can choose to either train in the gym or to train at home. So they buy the program, download it. There's three workouts a week to follow, either in the gym or at home they're both completely separate uh, and with each exercise the full exercise plan is there for you you click the name of the exercise and then that's got a youtube demonstration video for each one uh, there's also daily stretches that they follow to improve the fitness uh, sorry to improve their flexibility and they do intervals twice a week as well which they're doing a static bike either in the gym on a turbo trainer at home or if they're lucky enough to have a watt bike on a watt bike uh, and they follow those as well. So it's essentially a 12-week plan where you say, right, you need to do this for the next 12 weeks, and you'll improve your fitness. Uh, and it's gone kind of crazy since I launched. Uh, it's now in 35 countries. People are getting really wow. good results from it. Yeah, it's all, it's all good. Yeah, that's awesome. So
1: they're in. So they're training five days a week. Is that right? Three.
0: It depends on the individual. So yeah, let's say the person trained in the gym. So there's three gym workouts a week and then two intervals. So if you've got all the time in the world, then they can train five days a week. Some people have less time, so let's say they have three days a week they could train. Some people would do the gym workout immediately followed by their intervals, just if they're struggling for time. Mm -hmm. Other people might have some quiet days and some busy days, so let's say you're off Saturday, Sunday. So some people might do a workout in the morning and a workout at night. Um, So you can train as many days as you like, you just have to do the five workouts in the week. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, certainly, certainly. Okay, so it takes a wee bit of commitment, but that's what's required. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. You know, it's required if you want to follow my 12-week program, but if people don't feel that they want to commit that much time, then they could do this isn't like with my program and just me generally they could spend 30 minutes in a morning twice a week and if they use that time right they'll get miles fitter so yeah my 12-week program yeah requires time commitment and you've got to put some time aside and make the time to do it but for people who don't want to do a 12-week program you can still get fitter with a couple of 30-minute sessions a week either doing intervals or doing more like bodyweight workouts or gym workouts
1: mm-hmm. yeah but yours is very very pacific
0: to mountain biking which is really cool Um, yeah correct yeah it's only for mountain bikers
1: yeah so the videos matt that you do i'm sure are really important because a lot of these exercises like we touched on a wee bit earlier people won't know what they are so i'm sure the youtube video thing is, is really good
0: yeah correct yeah if i uh yeah in the plan it might say do a romanian deadlift and people are like what on earth is a romanian deadlift (laughs) but yeah you just literally click the name of the exercise and then it's got a demonstration video doing it there so it shows you exactly how to do the movement so it takes the guesswork out of it yeah
1: yeah happy days okay so let's just talk a wee bit about how going to the gym and how using your program actually makes you a better rider what does it do for you that actually makes you better
0: Going to the gym in general, you mean?
1: Yeah, well, going or to the gym program program and, or and doing, your, doing your program, really, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I suppose going to the gym, but doing it in the right way.
1: Yeah, that's what we want.
0: Yeah, to do. so... The gym has tons of benefits. So if we think of the average mountain biker who doesn't go to the gym or doesn't train at home, it works your muscles in a kind of very imbalanced way. So you work your quads more than your hamstrings, your chest muscles get worked a lot more than your back. Uh, You end up with poor posture. One leg might be stronger than the other. So if you start off riding and you're, for example, the vast majority of riders put the right leg forward and the left leg back when they're descending. Now that means that your right leg is taking a lot more strain than your left leg. So one leg ends up being much stronger than the other then when you end up pedaling that gets exacerbated because you're using your stronger leg much more if you do a short sharp sprint you use your stronger leg more so that can get worse now with that specific example let's say where your right leg is stronger than your left it's really hard first of all you probably won't even know about that imbalance but it's really hard to correct that on the bike whereas excuse me if you were to go into the gym you can do an exercise like a split squat which is where you have one foot up on a step in front of you and the back leg back and then it's kind of like a lunge You can do that. That will strengthen up one leg. Then you can do the other leg for the exact same number of reps with the exact same weight. And what that'll do then is it'll iron out the imbalance between each side. So there's so many benefits. That's one benefit. So ironing out imbalances around your body. It can. A lot of people are stiff. So a lot of mountain bikers have office jobs. So they're sat at a desk. They're hunched over. The chest tight everything is tight so when it comes to doing say manual on the bike they really struggle to get the hips back if you were to get your hips out to the side left and right they're really tight they really struggle to do that because they're just in a static position all day so again that's quite hard to learn on the bike whereas in the gym if you were to do specific exercises which teach you to move your hips back to move them left and right you can gain that flexibility and gain that strength and gain that movement in the gym and then that has a direct relation to on the bike uh i could go all day with this <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, well let, let's just talk about that hip thing because that that is a major yeah, yeah. that's a major thing isn't it and it, again that's one of those things that if you were to go to the gym and do your three sets of 10 you would never ever think about working on in a certain way to work your hips
0: yeah correct yeah
1: yeah you know i think so, um, sorry i was just going to say so that plays a major part when you're on the bike but if you were to go to the gym and just do a normal workout you wouldn't really be you wouldn't really be helping that area once you get back on the bike
0: it it depends what exercise you're doing yeah you're right everything that you do in the gym needs to kind of work towards it needs to be you need to be doing it for a specific reason so you could argue if somebody doesn't go to the gym at the moment and then they join the gym and they have no guidance and they start doing squats and leg presses and bench presses even though they don't really know what they're doing it will probably benefit the biking and um, the workout could be massively better and massively more beneficial for biking but if you're if you if you go from not training to doing squats in the gym that's going to have an effect on the bike i think what having a specific plan can do and what having specific exercises it can take that to the next level and really ensure that you're getting benefits um but training in the gym is better than not training in the gym and it will benefit your biking even if you don't really know what you're doing and you're just starting out obviously the ideal is to get a plan and then know exactly what you're doing but
1: mm-hmm. yeah and it's cool and i was going to ask you that i was going to ask you you know why why do we need to do a, a mountain bike pacific training program really um but you've touched it. You've said it there. Um, it just, it just, it it just goes better once you get on the bike.
0: Yeah. Do you mean why do you need to do a mountain bike specific program as opposed to just training in the gym?
1: Yeah. What's the benefits of doing that, really?
0: Yeah. Oh, the the thing is, every 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 workout that you do is asking your body a question. So it's saying we need to improve at this. So if you go and bench press for 10 reps three times, that's sending a, in a very simple terms, that's sending a message to your chest that it needs to get bigger and it needs to grow muscle. Um, Depending on how you lift the weight, so if you lift the weight slow or fast, or if it's heavy or light, that will also send a specific signal to your muscle. So what you can say is, right, we specifically need to get, let's say, so a Romanian deadlift, for example, is an exercise where you stand up with a bar in front of you and you push your hips back until you get a really good stretch in your hamstring and then bring it up to the top and that way it's loaded so it's very similar to a manual on the bike where you're pushing your hips back and kind of hanging off the back of the bike so that's an example of you can you can train that specific movement so that you can be stronger in that movement and you'll be more able to do it Uh, you'll find it easier to hold so the benefits of doing a mountain bike specific program just it's literally in the title it just means that what you're doing is more specific for the bike um, and there's tons of exercises that kind of link that's just one way but there's tons of exercises that link up with specific movements on the bike and the other thing to consider is let's say impact for example so when you do a jump one way you can mimic that, if you did a drop off, for example, if you were to do squat jumps where you do a squat and then jump onto a bench and then jump off it, that's kind of mimicking doing a drop off on the mountain bike where your body's getting used to, you know, landing on the ground and taking the hit. So there's things like that you can do in the gym. All when it's put together into a good plan, it all has a knock on effect to getting you stronger off the bike. Or yeah, on the
1: bike. And it, yeah, and it's cool when you watch the pros and stuff training. Because a lot of the stuff they're doing, as I say, you wouldn't necessarily do in the gym. And if you went into the gym, you seen somebody jumping on and off boxes. You'd think, well, Yeah, 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 what the hell are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but I think Sam Hill put up a post not so long ago, a week or so ago, there of him doing box jumps, and then yeah. on top of the box he had one of those inflatable balls. Yeah, and he was yeah. jumping up onto that. So yeah, again, I've seen the video. that. Yeah, so that's just taking it another step further again. Um
0: e- yeah what you'll find so for the 95% of people listening to this podcast they probably don't want to be doing anything like that now because they're going to break the neck <laughs> like if Joe Bloggs who goes to the gym once a week suddenly decides to do just a box jump in itself is quite an advanced movement like there's a lot of chance there's a lot of uh, potential for injury doing that movement in itself but doing it onto a BOSU is so advanced that <laughs> the vast majority of people listening to this probably don't want to be doing that and um, there's a place for instead Stability training, so say the, the Bosu, the half gym ball that you were talking about, mm-hmm. you can do simple stuff like just literally balancing on that ball, so in your rest in between sets, if you were to stand on that ball and balance, that's good, because it gets your body used to a bit of instability, um, but yeah, some the videos that go viral on Facebook that Red Bull share, for example, and some of the pro mountain bikers, they're so advanced that they're really not of any use to the vast majority of mountain bikers, unless you're already at a really fit and really strong level, uh, they're great to watch, though, and and they are great to do if you can do them. But for most people, the 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 too much.
1: <laughs> yeah, like the the pros just make it look so easy. You think you can yeah, do it know, yourself?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you. They make everything look easy, though, don't they? On <laughs> and off the bike. <laughs> oh Put me to crazy.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, it's absolutely crazy. Um, have you worked with uh, Have you worked with any pros or have any of them guys taking your program, or is that something you want to do in the future? Or?
0: So a few people ask me this, and I purposely don't work with any pros. I've never pursued it, um, I never like looked into doing it. It's, it's not something that I'm massively passionate about, and the reason for that is I'm really passionate about helping the 90% of mountain bikers who, uh, you know, dads and mums who really love riding and they just want to get fitter. They might have two or three stone to lose, and they just want to enjoy biking more. That's what really fires me up and really gets me excited getting a racer to go from 20th at the World Cup to 10th to 5th and 1st like I, I just don't have a passion for it um, I've never really been into sport when I was a child and I'm a bit of an odd one out as a personal trainer because most PTs are really into sport uh, I've never really been into following football or you know anything like that and even mountain biking, I love riding my bike I love talking bikes, I'm obsessed with biking, but I don't really watch the World Cups and the UWS uh, and follow them, I'm just not that into competitive sport so for that reason me training a pro athlete would just be it, it just doesn't excite me like i've never never I, there's a guy called rick moylan who coaches ricky hatton and scott quigg the boxers and i was at a seminar with him recently like a small 10 10 people group seminar and i was talking about how i'm working with the everyday mountain biker and he kind of thought that he, he was asking me well why don't you want to work with the pros and he thought it was a bit of like lack of self-confidence or i don't have the skills to to work with the pros and it's none of that like i'm genuinely just not interested in in working with pro pro riders it's not where my my passion is i'm really passionate about helping your everyday rider uh, like you and me really people who aren't mm. going to ride for a living who just want who just love mountain biking and want to be fitter faster and stronger on the bike um, so i think that's where i'm probably different to quite a few of the mountain bike coaches out there who are really passionate about working with the pro riders and i think that's great that's just it's just not me really i, I much prefer figuring out how to help your everyday rider rather than rather than the pros
1: yeah, and I think it helps in so many ways for an everyday rider as well because it gets you more confident on the bike, and confidence plays a big part in it, I think, anyway. Um, and the fitness thing helps you achieve confidence, and then all of a sudden, you and your mates are talking about, well, you know, what I'm feeling fit enough. Will we go to Spain for a week? Will we do this for a week in the bikes? It changes so much mentally and physically. Yeah. I think it's really, really good. Um, yeah. So I you're completely
0: to, agree.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I've seen that. I've seen people transform just because they went to the gym and got a bit fitter and stuff. Um, how long does your sessions last for?
0: in the program so they last for 30 to 60 minutes it depends on what stage of the program you're at but yeah 30 to 60 minutes for the gym or the home workouts and the interval sessions last around 30 minutes sometimes a bit longer sometimes a little bit less uh, but everything's under an hour there's nothing longer than an hour
1: yeah cool and when you say you can do it from home do you need any specific equipment or anything like that or
0: yeah so when people buy the program there's literally two separate parts to it so they get a full 12 weeks worth of gym programs and that that's including all the equipment you'd find in a typical gym so squat racks and leg presses and everything you'd expect to see in a normal gym the home plans they literally just need a resistance band so you know the elastic bands that you can pull apart yeah that's it that's the only equipment you need you need a bit of room you could do it in a hotel room so you need your own body and you need a resistance band Uh, and the reason for that people People can make it harder. So if you wanted to buy some dumbbells or some kettlebells, they could make some of the exercises harder. So take a bodyweight squat, for example. If you were to do that with dumbbells at home, that would be like an advanced version of it. But yeah, to follow the whole of the 12-week home plans, you just need a resistance band. That's it. It costs like 10 quid, and the reason for that is a lot of people who follow the program might be businessmen who are away two nights a week and they do it in a hotel room, or they might have kids and they need to train at home. They don't have a lot of space. So, yeah, it it, it tailors to both people. It tailors to the gym plans, tailor to those who have a gym membership and who want to do that side of things. The home plans tailor towards those people who are sat at home, who want to do something, but they can only do half nine till 10 o'clock at night when the kids are in bed. They don't have the time to go to the gym or they can't leave the house because they've got the kids and they don't have the space to get a home gym. So that's what the home plans are for.
1: Yeah, I think that's so important, really, because it's too easy for people to use that as an excuse i don't have weights i don't have room for weights uh, you know i can't put a bench anywhere i can't do this and it's too easy to say that and then do nothing
0: yeah totally you don't need any of that if, if you, you can just train with your own body weight
1: yeah it's cool and you know people listening to this may think that's easy that is not easy you can make yeah. as hard oh, as you want
0: <laughs> yeah oh god yeah the horrible <laughs> uh,
1: you can make that kind of thing as hard as you want and um yeah it's cool and again talking about people that travel that's really good too because when you travel and you're away for a week or whatever and you're staying in a hotel normally if the hotel's got a gym it's normally quite bad but yeah you know and you would say to yourself well Hasn't got the right kind of weights, hasn't got kettlebells, I can't do that, hasn't a chin up, I can't do that. But doing something like your program, you can take it with you wherever you go and you can do it in your hotel room. You don't even need a gym.
0: Yeah, correct. Yeah, you just need a resistance band, which as you probably know is just a little tiny piece of elastic, which you can put in your pocket and then that's it. You've got your gym, you are your own gym. Uh, yeah you can literally do it anyway yeah and then you know people like hey i've got quite a few people in the uh, i've got a facebook group where people who have bought the program and also everybody else is invited chatting there and there's people in there who go away working for a week and they're staying in a premier Inn type hotel so there's no gym and they get mad that they're losing all the fitness off from the bike and at yeah. least if you can train in your hotel room you can keep your fitness up you can be improving your fitness even though you're nowhere near your bike
1: yeah, that's so true because that's why I was talking about that because it's important. Because I've got a couple of friends that live in Belfast and they travel, they're, tra- they're salesmen and they travel. And yeah. they're at home maybe for two, three weeks. They get back out in the bike, they're going out in the evenings, they're going to the gym, they're getting back into it. And then they're away for two or three weeks. And that all just yeah. falls away. They can't do it, they don't, you know. But if it only takes 30 to 60 minutes and you can use your own body weight and, and a band, there's no excuse.
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah. And the time excuse kind of goes out the window with that as well because I'm totally uh, sympathetic and empathetic to people who have really busy schedules who work 12 hours a day. But you can get, if, even if the you've got kids and you need to be with them at 6 a.m., you can get up and at 5 a.m. and do a 30-minute workout. You might not want to, but you can do it. Um, you're right, it, does, it gets rid of any excuses then and any reason you're not doing it is an excuse, really, rather than an actual reason. Like, I understand that the single mum of two can't go to the gym at 7 o'clock at night because she needs to look after the kids, like, and, and I get that, but she can probably train in front of the TV with the kids. Like, the kids will see her in this example. The kids will see her doing it and join in. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, right, now, let's chat a wee bit about injury, if you don't mind. Of course. It plays a big part in training, obviously. Um So do you think... Doing the correct MTB kind of program helps prevent injury on the bike. 100%
0: yeah definitely if you're doing the right thing in the right way you're less likely to get injured Uh, and the reason for that is so first of all let's think of your hamstrings for example most people sit down for long periods of time in the day which means that the hamstrings get shorter and tighter so if you think of an elastic band if you were to put an elastic band into the freezer pull it out and then try and stretch it it's not going to be very flexible and if you give it a bit of a tug it's going to snap so your muscles kind of like that and if you can if you've got a tight muscle what i mean by that is if you've got a tight muscle and you fall off the bike you're much more likely to pull a muscle whereas if your muscle is much more flexible there's a lot more flex in it you can stretch it much further a bit like warming up a uh, elastic band in your hands and then pulling it there's a lot more give in it so that means that you're way less likely to injure yourself so yeah the, the biggest way is to improve flexibility uh, sorry to reduce the chance of injury is to improve your flexibility so your muscles are more flexible improve your posture because most mountain bikers have terrible, most people have terrible postures, (laughs) but especially uh, mountain bikers, and to strengthen your muscles as well so they can take more of a beating. Um, So, yeah, through doing mountain bike-specific programs, you reduce the risk of injury. You're still probably going to get injured at some point if you have a bad crash. That's just part of mountain biking, but you can dramatically reduce the risk. Uh, I'll tell you a real-life example here, actually. So my best mate who rides with me is called Ozzy. Uh, he's super fit, he trains for like three hours a day, he's also a personal trainer uh, he trains for three hours a day, every day, he's just nuts, like he'll go to the gym and do legs in the morning and then he'll go back to the gym at night and do upper body. like he's a bit of a machine, sure. so six weeks ago, he went off a drop on his bike, landed on his neck and ended up in an air ambulance, so wow. both me and the uh, air ambulance crew thought he'd broken his neck, so he was full spinal board, put him in the back of the ambulance, put him in the air ambulance and whisked him off to hospital um, so he went for the MRI eye luckily nothing was broken he just had a really really sore neck now the next week he went to the physio and the physio put him on the bed and he said i have absolutely no idea how you've not broken your neck He said, everybody else I've had with the same injuries as you, who's uh, landed on it, has snapped the neck. Like, I don't know how you've not done it. He said, the only thing, the only reason that I can think of that you've not broken your neck is because you do loads of training and all the muscles around your upper back and your neck are strong, so they've just held it in place. Mm -hmm. So there's a real-life example of how my mate Ozzy, according to a physio, didn't break his neck because he does weights. It's so important. Mm.
1: And does Ozzy do mountain bike Pacific stuff as well?
0: uh you mean workouts yeah 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 for sure yeah yeah he, do, he does a lot he's kind of mixed he probably he's not as dedicated to mountain biking as i am whereas like i'm completely obsessed with it but yeah we train a lot together and if we're training together i'll generally put the workout together so so yeah he does but he also does other weights uh that's a good example like he doesn't dedicate all his training to mountain biking um in the gym but it still has knocking effects because all the muscles on his upper back and his neck are strong enough that it has a knock on to biking, even though he might not when he was doing the exercise in the gym he probably wasn't doing it specifically for the bike mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah no and uh i hope Ozzy's okay and he's he's getting on all right oh yeah he? it's fine no yeah cool has he been on the bike since, or is that whipped? yeah
0: with he's been, your... yeah we were out last wednesday actually no 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 he's been out he's good he's a bit nuts <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh um, yeah he was straight back on it we were training actually two weeks later so i was literally in the hospital room with him like it was me it was just me and him who were out riding um so i was like sympathetic looking after him he was in the hotel bed like you know what i mean in the hotel the hospital bed sorry <laughs> and, and like uh, i was like really sympathetic then as soon as they said it wasn't broken that was it i just rip him now so every time i see him there's jokes about air ambulances and mind that drop and uh, yeah so any sympathies out the window now <laughs> uh, yeah he's back on the bike we're riding at a urban Urban bike park on wednesday actually so he was a little bit nervous on some of the steep stuff which is understandable um but yeah it was fine
1: yeah cool and i suppose as you were saying flexibility plays a big part in it and that's so you bend and you don't break basically when you fall and you know your head your feet come over your head and all that kind of stuff that we all do
0: <laughs> yeah yeah definitely one of the uh, one of the benefits of flexibility yeah
1: yeah and does that go back to when you're in the gym training and the mountain bike pacific kind of stuff is all full movement rather than we short half you know reps with big weight is, is that all to do with that
0: Massively, yeah. So to improve your flexibility, you need to stretch. So I can't remember if I said before that, but say my 12 week program, for example, includes daily stretches. So you need to stretch. Mountain bikers should be stretching every day for five or 10 minutes. And so that's one thing. And then the exercises in the gym, you're exactly right, need to be full range of motion. So most of the time it needs to be full range of motion so let's say with a squat for example you need to be going as low down to the ground as you possibly can and then standing all the way up if you're on a leg press you need to be getting your bum right down to the bottom and then all the way up uh, there are some specific times where you might only want to go halfway down but that, that is kind of like good it going off on like a more specific route that for the vast majority of people they want to be doing full range of motion with every exercise so if you're doing a press-up your chest would touch the ground and then you should come all the way back up and not like quarter press-ups
1: mm-hmm. yeah because you see all these big guys in the gym and they're you know they've mm-hmm. obviously stacked the weight on but they do quite short yeah. reps
0: or yeah. such yeah yeah yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I can picture the guys that you're on about now. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, say
1: that to their face. Like, why are you not doing yeah. so You know, but
0: so. yeah, I don't think I would either. <laughs> no. Um, all
1: right, cool. Now let's touch a wee bit on nutrition. Does your program include that also?
0: Uh, this program doesn't include nutrition okay. no uh Jan- in january 1st i'm releasing a nutrition booklet so that's going to be a really low price nutrition booklet which is basically going to be a stupid simple nutrition for mountain bikers so that's for your everyday mountain biker who doesn't really know what to eat so i do have that coming out in future uh like in january however i give loads of free information on so every day on instagram and facebook i post daily and there's and i also send free daily emails which are like daily articles and i cover nutrition all the time in those yeah so yeah it's something we can talk yeah. about
1: yeah it's something that i think maybe you know we touched on it right at the start about getting a beer installed after riding but it's something that maybe mountain bikers do tend to overlook or not even think about like how important is nutrition to your your kind of weekend
0: warrior absolutely ginormous like like massive um first of all if you think about the the weight thing because a lot of mountain bikers have some weight to lose so 80 percent of losing weight is down to the food that you eat so you could train seven days a week and if you're not eating the right food and you're eating too many calories you're not going to lose weight so if you're thinking from the weight loss point of view it's really important for that side of things Nutrition's huge uh, from the point of view of an energy like a mental like physical energy and also mental energy you need to fuel your body properly so that you can, you've got the energy to ride both physically and mentally so riding for four hours needs the right fuel inside your body to make your muscles to work and to get everything to work but it also needs it for the mental side of it you need to be able to concentrate for that length of time and then there's also the recovery side of it so when you go out training you create a lot of micro damage to your body to your muscles and you need to recover from that nutrition is massively important when it comes to recovering your body and so helping you build back up from that workout and so yeah there's three reasons off the bat really that nutrition's mm-hmm. really really important for your weekend warrior for your everyday mountain biker not just for your pro mm-hmm.
1: yeah and the recovery thing's important too because just to set that straight, you go for a bike ride, you're out on the bike for two or three hours. Um, going and eating the McDonald's is not proper
0: recovery <laughs> food. Correct, you know? yeah, you're getting <laughs> calories and you're not getting any nutrition.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's important to eat the right food at more or less the right time after you after you come off a ride.
0: Yeah, so I'll I'll give you something that the the majority of people listening to this could start doing tomorrow. So when you finish a ride, this is for you, like I say, your everyday rider. Um, You finish a ride, get in the door and have a protein shake straight away. So one scoop of whey protein mixed with water. If you're a vegetarian, uh, vegan, sorry, if you've got any allergies, you could just have soy protein or vegan protein. So mix up that protein shake and drink that straight away as soon as you get in the door after you ride. Then within an hour to two hours, have a meal that's based around protein. For men, a couple of fistful sizes serving of protein, so like a a big chicken breast. For women, one fistful size serving of protein. With some carbs, which you want about one fistful size serving there, and a load of veg. So you have a protein shake as soon as you get in the door. Then within an hour or two, you have protein, veg, and carbs. Like what you would picture as a typical healthy kind of meal. Like people know what to eat. Um, Have that within an hour or two. And then that is going to be really good and probably better than what a lot of people are currently doing
1: yeah and i think i think a big issue now correct me if you think i'm wrong here but for people that are mountain biking and you know not just getting out in nature and having a good time with me it's but to try and lose a bit of weight to get fit what they do is they go out for a ride they're maybe on the bike two or three hours they don't fuel themselves because they're essentially saying to themselves i don't want to eat anything because i want to lose weight Yeah, and then, you know, what you were saying there, your concentration goes because your sugar level dips, all this kind of stuff. Then they go home and they're super hungry, and they might eat a lot of rubbish because it's the easiest thing to hand. Do you think people do that? You know, and is that the wrong way to go about it?
0: Yeah. One. So yes, and yes. (laughs) Um, I think they do that both on the bike and in life as well. So. If we look at just day to day, so take mountain bike out of the equation. When people in general, not mountain bikers, just your everyday person, tries to lose weight, what people will often do is starve themselves for breakfast, have a tiny lunch, get their evening their evening meal, and they're hungry, so they start to have like, like they have a, a normal evening meal. Then between the hours of six and ten, that absolutely st- starving and that's when the crisps come out the chocolate comes out you know everything in the house gets eaten they bash a tub of ice cream and before they know it they've only eaten 300 calories all day up until dinner but then they binge in the evening and eat 2000 calories because they're starving so for general life the best thing to do to lose weight i found when working with my clients is just to get them to eat three meals a day that are based around protein and veg with a small portion of carbs in there and then a couple of snacks in between so they're eating regularly through the day and so that's just kind of in general I think just to give a little bit of context for mountain bikers when it comes to your specific question about mountain bikers not eating anything while they ride and then getting starving after and binging I think you're exactly right Uh, for a mountain biker who wanted to lose weight the best thing they could do would be to have a meal before the ride and if it's If it's later on, if they wanted to have a proper meal before, just something like some protein and veg with a bit of carbs in there, dead simple. If they were riding first thing in the morning and they, they only had half an hour to digest it, just a bowl of porridge, something like that. And then trying to eat every 45 to 60 minutes while they ride. So if you're out for three hours, having half a flapjack every 45 minutes, for example, and that makes a big difference and it stops you. You'll still lose weight. You'll still burn fat while you're doing that, but you won't end up starving at the end of the ride. And then what that protein shake does at the end of the ride is that just takes away a bit of that hunger because you're fueling your body with what it needs. You're you're having a couple of hundred calories and you're having a load of protein so that your body gets some nutrition in. And what Mm -hmm. having food before, during, and after your ride will do is it will allow you to not be as starving so you don't go looking for the chocolate, the biscuits, the crisps, the beer, uh, and looking for all that stuff. Um, Losing weight in general, you just need to be in a calorie deficit day to day. So if you're in a calorie deficit, if you're, Burning 2,000 calories and you're only eating, let me just this right around, 1,800 calories. As a random example, you're going to lose weight. So it doesn't matter whether you eat those calories whilst you're riding or whilst you're not riding. It's just what happens day to day and week to week that matters. I think people think they need to starve themselves whilst they ride to burn fat, and they don't. It's what you do over a day and a week, like the bigger picture, that makes the difference.
1: Yeah. And, you no know, that's I'm just asking you that off meal, off the top of meal yeah. here. yeah. Uh, <laughs> when you're out on the bike and you start to get that muscle burn
0: right that's, yeah. that's
1: the acid in the muscle isn't it
0: yeah so your lactic acid yeah so yes. yeah, for all intents and purposes yeah that's the lactic acid in your muscle that's burning yeah.
1: right okay now if you don't fuel yourself correctly would that be worse or if you're fueling yourself could is that part of
0: that, that, um you know I mean? that's a good question so the lactic acid the actual burning in your legs probably wouldn't be that different what would make a big difference would be how weak you feel so have you ever had one of those rides where you're not eating and you start off on a climb and you feel knackered a quarter of the way up when you normally get okay. to the top mm-hmm. uh, so that's an example of where you have not properly fueled um, so it, it won't make your legs burn less if you eat properly uh remind me to ask you about caffeine in a moment though Uh, it won't make Mm. your legs burn less if you eat the right way before you ride but it will give you more energy so that you can go for longer so you won't get that weak feeling and you could argue though so the burning in your legs is obviously real your legs burn but you need willpower and mental grit to be able to push through that burn and to be able to keep going and it's really hard to have that mental grit and to keep going if you're hungry so eating before a ride gets your mind in the right place so that you're ready to work hard so there's that side of it uh, another interesting thing i think you'll like this and that your followers will probably like this so caffeine has been tested with athletes and it's proven to decrease the rate of perceived exertion of a workout. Now what that that means is it's literally how hard a workout feels so if you have a coffee before a ride what would normally be a 10 out of 10 burn in your legs might only feel like an 8 out of 10 burn and it's been tested in labs it's not something that i'm just making up so what that means is if you have a coffee or some caffeine before you ride the burn will literally feel less painful to you because of what caffeine does to your brain so that's a one thing you can do to decrease the burn
1: yeah i've heard that before and you know i actually heard as well that if you drink now their example was two cups of coffee i think half an hour before you train it actually helps your body lose weight
0: yeah i think caffeine i've heard that as well caffeine can increase fat loss as well i think with that it's going into the the real nitty-gritty. So the 95% of losing weight needs to be eating right in general, Mm. training right in general. And then if you've got that 95% dialed, the extra 5%, which is things like supplements, and yeah, taking caffeine to speed up fat loss can make a difference. But if somebody's eating 3,000 calories a day only burning 2500 calories a day if they have two coffees before they ride it's not going to make a world of difference to uh (laughs) to the fat loss so in the right situation it can help fat loss you're right um but the other things need to be taken care you need to take care of the basics as well which i know you'll know
1: yeah so unfortunately folks you can't lose weight by simply drinking coffee (laughs)
0: <laughs> or taking a magic pill
1: <laughs> how nice
0: could it be oh uh, no tell me about it whoever figures that <laughs> out is going to be a multi 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 billionaire one <laughs> that actually works
1: <laughs> yeah um no you touched on the caffeine thing there which is cool because i want to talk a wee bit about mindset and um great how that how that affects your training and all so an example of that would be i suppose for me i uh my diet is relatively the same I don't vary my diet very much. Um, I look after what I eat. But some days I can go out and I can feel fit as a fiddle. Everything flows. Yep. The trails look slower. Everything comes together. Then other days I can struggle up that hill or you know, I'm overshooting corners. Or Is that a mindset thing or is that an energy, mm. diet type thing, do you think?
0: I would say from that specific example, it sounds like it could be a few things. So your nutrition like you said your day-to-day nutrition stays the same but what won't stay the same is the amount of calories that you're burning each day so Mm -hmm. i'll give an example if you rode for two days and then or if you did a really long drive so let's say you drove to cornwall in a day and then drove all the way back Uh, i live in manchester so that's a big drive uh if you were to go even if you ate perfectly on that day if you went for a ride the next day it's not unusual to feel tired and lacking energy and so in that specific example it could be a few things that are having a difference it could Mm -hmm. be your nutrition Because you've burnt more calories than you think you've burnt for the past couple of days, so your body's not got what it needs. Um, It could be sleep, so sleep is hugely important. You might not have slept properly, Uh, even if you did sleep for the right amount of time, you might not have got a good quality sleep. It could be stress if you've got something going on with your family or with work or with anything like that. Stress literally has an effect where it um, wears your body down and tires you out. Um it could be if you kind of had like mental like you could be mentally tired so if you go for a ride at the end of a really hard day for example uh there's tons of factors so yeah. I, I think there's things that you can do in that example when you i know you're asking about the mindset side of it what you could do in that example is have a decent amount of food to eat before you ride and maybe spend 20 minutes with a coffee and watching some motivational videos on youtube Uh, like motivational videos literally just search for motivational videos or riding videos and what that can do is it can get you into a good state of mind but if your body's worn down you can you still might head out and find that you're knackered and you're struggling which you know like you were talking about so there's tons of factors that can affect that
1: yeah i wanted to ask you about the mindset thing because i think people it's such a popular thing at the minute it's so in fashion you know just put your mind to it and you can do anything you want all this kind of thing um yeah and how you know how you train your brain to do all these things but i think the majority of people think it's only for pros or professionals or you know in any kind of walk of life but does that kind of thing have a benefit to a weekend warrior do you think
0: Oh, 100%. I put a post on Instagram or Facebook, Facebook last night, uh, and it was saying, uh, the, the post basically said you'd be amazed what you can do on the bike if you start to tell yourself you can do it rather than tell yourself that you can't. So if you stand mm. at the bottom of the hill and you look at that hill and you go, there is no effing way I can ride my bike to the top of that hill. It's not going to happen. I'm too weak. I'm too slow. I'm too fat. Uh, I don't have the energy, I've had a hard day at work I can't do it, as soon as you start to struggle that's it, you'll put your foot down you won't be able to do it but if you stand at the bottom of that hill and look and go, you know what, that looks like a pretty in hill but I'm going to bust my ass. I'm going to do as much as I can I'm going to really pedal, I'm going to try my hardest and I think, you know what, if I work hard I probably could get to the top your fitness is exactly the same in both scenarios but the second person is way more likely to get to the top, uh, I think a good analogy in that situation which I always say is when you get to the point where you think your legs are exhausted and you can't do any more and you think right that's it I'm putting my foot down if I was to hold a gun to your head and say you have to do 10 more pedal strokes otherwise I'm going to shoot you doesn't matter how much it hurts you're probably going to get those 10 extra pedal strokes out so that's a real life example of how it's your mind that's holding you back not your body so I I really I'm, I'm really passionate about your your mindset having a huge effect on what you can do on the bike yeah
1: yeah and you know It's funny because when you're out riding with friends and mates and it's a social thing, it seems a lot easier than when you're out riding yourself. Yeah. And I suppose that's a mindset kind of scenario as well.
0: Yeah, totally. I think when you're riding up a climb with your mates, you're chatting along and it doesn't seem boring. You're not thinking about the pain. Uh, You're just having a laugh with your mates, aren't you? So, yeah, that's a good example. It's not your body that's struggling more when you're on your own. It's your mind that's just getting... A little bit more tired a little bit more distracted and it's thinking about the pain
1: mm, yeah and you know do you think the fitness side of the thing and the, and the mind side of the thing are one and the same they work together do you need both working properly
0: yeah massively yeah uh, if you could so if you look at I quite like reading books by the SAS and those types of people the Navy SEALs uh, and they say the Navy SEALs is a good example so you've got hell week so the Navy SEALs which I tell all my mountain bikers who follow me this they have a 40% rule the Navy SEALs so that rule says that when you think you've finished and you're absolutely done and you can't do anymore your body is actually only 40% finished uh, it's your mind that's stopping you so they believe that and they say when they do a uh, when they have the the newest intake of navy seals they come along and you'll have the big gym heads who are super thick can do marathons can do a thousand press-ups but they're mentally weak and they say it's always the ones who are mentally strong who finish the course because everybody gets knackered and when everybody's knackered it's about who's stronger who's mentally strongest who's going to finish it and um, so it's the same with mountain biking but obviously to a lot less extreme extent it doesn't matter how fit you are if everybody hurts even if you're super fit if you're doing a climb your legs still hurt your lungs still burn it, it's still horrible it still sucks you're just going a little bit faster than the other person you still need to be mentally strong to push through that and um, so yeah it, it yeah 100
1: yeah so it, it kind of the mental thing is really important for the pros as well because that's a really good example you give when they're pushing and they're riding they're still burning their legs or burning you know, they're still in pain. So they have to be mentally strong too.
0: Yeah. Is there a quote by, I think it's Greg Lamond, who says, it never gets easier. You just go faster. That's, we've all found, I'm sure everybody listening to that can nod along and agree with that. Like it's never easier. You just end up posting better times on the climb because you still push yourself. It's only easier if you ride as slow as you were when you started. Um, And to answer your question, sorry, I got off on a bit of a tangent. Yeah, I think the mental side and, physical fitness just go completely hand in hand you need to have mental strength to be able to be fit and fast on the bike Uh, and the two both work together yeah
1: yeah totally and you know i find that it's weird because the gym. i'll not get into it because it's a podcast on its own but um, the (laughs) gym to me means so much more it's more than just going to the gym and doing a workout and hopefully getting a bit fitter it's the start of the day for me it's to get things rolling it's to get my mental space right it's to give me an hour to think and it's almost like a meditation thing to me in a way yeah um so it means so much more than just a simple act of going to the gym it kind of you know it snowballs on to everything else throughout the day and i think and i don't even know where i was going with this but anyway <laughs> my mental side is not like that but <laughs> you know the gym just means so much and i don't know if anybody else thinks like that really but oh, i'm yeah. sure they do
0: but it's so yeah important. I, I totally agree with you yeah, yeah. i agree um and yeah for, for some people that's the gym for some people that's riding the bike for people like us it's probably both um mm. yeah i think people who don't go to the gym look at people who go to the gym and say oh they enjoy it i don't enjoy it i don't think that you're probably the same the, the the pleasure with going to the gym and lifting weights isn't actually in the lifting weights. like it hurts if you're squatting for five reps and it's a heavy weight that hurts it's not fun mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. but it's the benefit you get out of it isn't it so you get hooked on the feeling of satisfaction when you're done you get hooked on the endorphins that you get you're exactly right you get you get hooked on being able to sit and think for an hour in between sets um, and yeah it's all of it isn't it uh, and i think you know what i think that's the same with improving your fitness on the bike as well and um, kind going of to segue into that like if you get fitter on the bike oh sorry when you everybody finds this to listens to this podcast if you ride your bike it has a positive effect on your life so if you ride your bike on a saturday you're going to be in a better mood all saturday night all sunday probably monday morning and that's kind of the same for the gym as well if you train a couple of times a week in the gym do intervals once a week twice a week uh, and you ride your bike a couple of times a week every day you're getting that endorphin hit and you're feeling better about yourself and it's the effect on the rest of your life it has as well so i, I think we're in the same mindset with that i agree with you
1: yeah totally and uh you know the listeners will they'll have heard me bang on about this but i broke my collarbone about uh 15 16 weeks ago ouch and, yeah and i've only started to get back to the gym i think this is my second week back i'm still only doing legs and, and ab and stuff like that but um, yeah you see when i couldn't go to the gym when i physically couldn't go i missed it so much yeah um not initially physically but i missed it mentally just taking that you know just going from going to the gym being fit and everything else that it gives you to do not doing it and not being able to do it, it it just it was mentally very challenging um and you see you see since that since the break i have said to myself you see them days i say I can't be bothered to go to the gym hmm. and have no excuse. They do not exist anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, now you just want to be in there every day. <laughs> if
1: I have time, I want to go because I realise how much I miss it when I, when I don't yeah.
0: have it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. say, yeah.
1: I, I don't particularly enjoy going, but it's what else it gives you
0: yeah 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 i agree it's not about the gym it's not like say playing a video game you know if you sit and play a video game and you enjoy video games like it's fun the gym's not like that it's the satisfaction you get around it um riding your bike climbing a hill is probably the best analogy for the gym so climbing a hill on your bike for the most people isn't fun at the time like it hurts it's the satisfaction you get when you get to the top of the hill that's good that's the same with the gym isn't it like when you're doing a workout and it's a hard workout it's not fun it hurts but it gives you a lot of satisfaction around it and yeah you're exactly right like when it's part of your daily routine if you're going to the gym every morning like you do before so did before you broke your collarbone it sets you up for the day doesn't it and gives you all the other benefits and i totally relate to you missing it i know when i've been injured i hate not being able to train it's awful
1: yeah and you know it's given me good things out of it too to be honest i look at things differently and one thing i was thinking about if you were a professional rider and your career and your income and your mortgage and everything else was relying on results and stuff and you bust a collarbone like that and couldn't ride for a season yeah. how mentally difficult must that be
0: yeah I agree it must be the same not it especially if you're not like if you're an Aaron Gwynn you could come last every race and your sponsors are still going to keep you like you're already Mm -hmm. like you're already set up aren't you they already trust you but yeah if you're a rider and it's like your first or second season and you've given everything to uh to do it yeah it must it must be awful I'd really struggle with it at least like um when I work obviously half of my business is online so I could be in a wheelchair and still be online touch Mm -hmm. wood that never happens um but um when I, I've, I've pulled both ankles i've torn ligaments in both ankles but then i just went into the gym with my clients on crutches but yeah if you're a pro racer or a pro athlete it, it must be awful especially in a f- sport like mountain biking if you're a pro footballer and you play for arsenal and you've got a three-year contract you can be injured it doesn't matter you're still going to get paid you've still got loads of money in the mm-hmm. bank but for mountain bikers it's there's not as much money in it for the the people outside the top one percent of riders so yeah it must be must be awful
1: yeah definitely and even thinking of your you know your competitors they're training every day and they're advancing and getting better and faster and better and everything else and you're sitting watching netflix like it's going (laughs) to be brutal on you
0: yeah i agree i'm not sure i could do it i agree you drive yourself mad wouldn't you
1: yeah totally uh well matt listen before i let you go there um anything you planned for the future or you touched a wee bit on your nutritional guide anything else we can expect yeah
0: Yeah, it's all go at the moment. So, uh, well, what's happening? So on Wednesday, I'm releasing the 16-week advanced plan, which is the follow-on for people who finish the 12-week program. That's this Wednesday. Uh, January, I'm launching a nutrition booklet uh i work with the british heart foundation which i've not even mentioned in this podcast but i work with the british heart foundation helping them with their off-road events uh, i've put together some training booklets for everybody who enters a british heart foundation off-road event they're live on the british heart foundation website i really should have mentioned that earlier in the podcast but hey ho. <laughs> so uh there's some more big things to come next year with the british heart foundation and i'm also launching the mtb fitness podcast as well so uh yeah so awesome. it's all go Grafton.
1: <laughs> all right cool well listen get me on your podcast and i can talk about how difficult it is to come back off an injury
0: <laughs> yeah man let's do it yeah soon for sure <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll set that off i'm well up for that
1: <laughs> uh, cool uh keep me informed in that that'll be cool i'd like to follow that definitely yeah man um, that's a good that's a good idea actually that's a very good idea
0: yeah we can do um, it i agree
1: yeah and i think you doing the you know a fitness podcast is good i think there's definitely big scope for that
0: yeah yeah i agree i've just interviewed uh, jack reddin today the downhill mountain biker and he was just talking yeah. all things fitness and nutrition and all that so yeah i agree just a uh, podcast focusing on fitness
1: Aye, brilliant man cool cool all right nice one um now matt how can people best get in contact with you find out about your programs where's the best place for them to go
0: yep so search on facebook and instagram for mtb fitness or so mountain bike mtb fitness so find you and the website is mtb.fitness
1: okay there's no dot com or co uk you, <laughs> no. you know
0: what if people just google mtb fitness they'll find me
1: <laughs> yeah cool um your website's lovely by the way it's uh thanks. really clean really easy to navigate yeah i really do like it oh cheers for that so, I, I noticed your blogs on there your uh, your blogs are very extensive lots of information there is that something you're going to be doing in the future as well or
0: you know what, I do that at the moment. So that every so I've got a free daily emailing list. Um, every day, Monday to Friday, I do a blog post, which are exactly like the ones on the website that you've just talked about. So I've done that every day for the past two years. So if people go onto my website, click the menu at the side and click free emails, They go on that, put their email address in, and then every day, Monday to Friday, they'll get an email, which is basically a mini blog post talking about training, nutrition, uh, recovery, everything MTB Fitness. And yeah, I post those out every single day, Monday to Friday. I very rarely miss a day.
1: Dude, that is time-consuming. How do you do that?
0: Uh, work all the time (laughs) (laughs) genuinely, genuinely like I do, I work uh, 7am till 7, 8pm something like that, my girlfriend's a teacher so she does long hours as well so we genuinely do just work all the time
1: Dude, yeah, well, make sure you can get a couple of holidays on throughout the year, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, we go on holidays. every. I should. I say I work all the time. Every six weeks we go away on breaks. So uh, I work, what I tend to do is work solidly for six weeks, and then I'll tend to have three or four days off. So we just went away to the lakes a couple of weeks ago when it was Sophie's half-term. So I kind of like, I almost go in sprints of six to seven weeks of working hard, then we'll chill for a few days and then sprint for six or seven weeks and then chill. Uh, So, yeah, I don't, I don't work all the time, just, just most.
1: <laughs> yeah cool man cool well you're you're certainly passionate about it and you're motivated to do it and help people which is always a good thing to see and um i hope everyone goes well for you in the future and, and everyone goes well with your your new program and stuff and uh i'll get the people to, i'll, I'll i'll mention it to them in the the intro to check it out but they'll hear me saying this anyway to check it out but i'm going to <laughs> ask them to check it out
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah man thanks so much i really appreciate it, man, the podcast and i'm glad my uh, passion's come through
1: <laughs> yeah definitely all right matt here have a good day and um enjoy the rest of your week all right
0: you too gareth thanks a lot and thanks for everybody who's listened cheers see you soon
1: guys that does it for episode 63 and I hope you found a lot of interesting information on there I know I surely did chat to Matt it was uh, really good to get him on the show and um, hear what he has to say about this whole MTB fitness thing his program seems very good so definitely guys go check that out mtb.fitness is Matt's website if you want to know more about Matt find out a wee bit more about our conversation just simply go to the website mtb-tribe.com go to the show notes episode number 63 and you will find out a wee bit more about Matt links are there etc etc and a wee bit more about our conversation and Matt sir thank you so much for coming on the podcast it was great to chat to you it was great to get you on and um, I wish you all the best in the future with your own podcast I think that's a really good idea so um, I hope that really goes well for you in the near future there, man, and uh, everything works out fine. So again, thanks for coming on the podcast. Folks, thanks for listening. Thanks for letting me be in your ear bulbs again. Um, I really do appreciate it. And if you want to get more involved, just visit the website, mtb-try.com. There's links and stuff on there. You can get in contact there. You can subscribe and get a weekly email from the podcast just letting you know who's coming on the show and a wee synopsis about what the show will be about. That would be awesome if you do that. You can also get in contact via socials, Facebook and Instagram at MTV Tribe. So folks, thanks once again for listening to the MTV Tribe podcast and I'll be back next week with another exciting guest. Have a great weekend, keep pushing those pedals.